Welcome to the Today's Leader Podcast, where leadership is influence and influence is today's leader. With your host, Jay Goff. All right, folks, welcome again to another episode of Today's Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Goff, and today I have a phenomenal young leader who is actually making a difference in the world based upon his personal life experiences, and he turned that into a success story. And that's something that we really want to, uh, to hone in on is how can we take what has, what has been created, uh, that what was meant for harm, but yet we turn it around and create something phenomenal about uh, out of it that not only serves us as individuals, but it also helps to serve other people uh, in the community and around the world. And this young man, I had the opportunity to meet him at a local conference with the John Maxwell team called the International Maxwell Certification. And, and I was just totally immediately impressed with him, impressed with what he's doing, impressed with his journey, and, uh, and just a, a really cool guy. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to my friend, Andrew Lassis. Andrew. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, man. It's such a wonderful uh, pleasure, and it's an honor that you would act, you know, to, to join me on here. Uh, so, first of all, I, I understand that you're down in West Palms Beach, Florida, right? Yep. Nice wow. and rainy today. Oh, it's rainy. Well, you know, I guess I don't feel too bad for you then, because yeah. it's kind of nice and rainy where I'm at here in Missouri, <laughs> too. So. <laughs> Awesome. Well, hey, you know, um, so to learn more about you and what you're doing and, and kind of tell the community uh, about uh, your journey, uh, then, uh, you know, and then we'll go into how you're applying everything in, in a leadership aspect that's helping people become leaders of themselves and leading others as well. So first of all, tell us about, uh, tell us about your family. Let's, let's hear about your family and where you're from. Hey, listen, congratulations. You've got a brand new baby boy. Yeah, brand new yeah. baby boy, and he's he's giving us permission right now to do the podcast without screaming. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear screaming in the background, okay, no one's being tortured. There's a baby <laughs> in the house. There's a baby in the house. All right, so that's awesome. Um, so, so his name is Jack, and he is about a, a month old, a couple of days in a month, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday was one month, so. Wow. And this is your first child? Yeah. First child. And it's a really incredible experience so far. And everyone keeps saying, oh, you know, uh, have fun, have fun with the sleep while it lasts. So yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I get that now. I, I get that joke. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, trust me, when they turn into their teen years, you're going to have sleepless nights. Yeah. When they, when they go on their first date, there's going to be a sleepless night. So, yeah. <laughs> so as a parent, you, you learn to adapt to that. And, and that's wonderful though. Um, so with the first child and that's, that's great. Now you had a chance to, to meet a, a, a very influential leader uh, recently uh, and, and, and fall into his program. Uh, and his name is John Maxwell. Now, one thing that I really enjoyed about what happened with you at the International Maxwell Certification is we got to connect. We went into a room and we happened to sit at the same table and that's where we really got to connect. And I was very impressed with you, where you came from, what you're doing, uh, and, and the success you've achieved in that. But one thing you said there, uh, your wife and your son were able to join you. And, uh, 
and your wife sent you a photo. Tell us about that photo. Yeah, so I, uh, like you said, we were, we were sitting next to each other and uh, Cialdini was up there giving an incredible keynote. And then yeah. I, I looked down at my phone and I have two, two new picture messages from my wife. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's probably pictures of the baby, which are always fun. <laughs> and, and it was. It yeah. was a picture of the baby, but this time there was someone different in the picture. And it turns out that while she was out at lunch, she ran into John Maxwell, and he inducted Jack Hamilton Lassis as the youngest member of the <laughs> Maxwell certification. So wow. I got a picture of... <laughs> Uh, John Maxwell kissing the baby and there with with uh, my wife that was really really fun well you know and and what's really cool about this is this essentially could be a predestination right this could be yeah. a prophecy you know John's given his blessing to the child Jack and and Jack's <laughs> gonna become the next international leadership expert in the world all based on the kiss from the master himself John C. Maxwell yeah. Yeah, it took me 30-some years to get involved. He's, it took him 30-some days. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, that is so awesome. So, uh, so tell us about why did you join the uh, – and, and folks, let me just say this. A lot of the people that I interview happen to be people in the leadership development industry, the personal growth development industry, people that are not only are they leaders, but they've gone through the process of becoming even better leaders. And, and some of that is the mentorship that we receive and, and, and the connections we make. And so some of the people on my podcast, you'll recognize that they are John Maxwell team members, but this is not a specific John Maxwell team podcast. Okay. But many of the people that I am connected with and influenced by, our members. So everybody has a reason why they, they go to John and they get the mentorship to become the very best versions of themselves so that they can add value. So, uh, so Andrew, tell us what led you uh, to John Maxwell. How did you get connected with the John Maxwell team? Sure. So I own an IT company. And at the time that this was happening, we probably had about 40 or 50 employees. And my director of operations, who's basically the number two in the company, he, he came to me and he said, hey, I've been following this guy, John Maxwell. He's really into leadership and I think I could be better at my job if I go to the certification. It's three days and it was X thousand dollars. And could I take off work so I could go to it? And this guy had just in the previous couple months quadrupled our sales with barely increasing our expenses. So I was like, Bill, whatever you say, sure. If, if going to summer camp for three days is what'll make you happy, go for it. You know, maybe you'll get something out of it. But what happened though, the person who came back, yeah, he was a different person and not a something's off, but there was a certain spark there that wasn't there before. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And he had explained, yeah, at the conference, we did this juggling exercise that completely changed my life. And I learned the answers to questions that I didn't know the answer to by asking more questions. And, and he continued to increase our sales with these skills. And so I see it happening in someone else. And I'm the kind of person where I want to see the results before I dive into something. So I see the effect that it's had on my director of operations. And then it was about seven, eight months ago, I had put on, I have a running list of 
someday maybes. And they sure. can be as extreme as they want to be, just put into the universe someday maybe. And I had on there to go to the John Maxwell certification. And it just so happened that they were having it up the street in Orlando, you know, we're in West Palm Beach, it's two hours away. And so I just bit the bullet and went. I came in with no expectations, just this feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. And when I went to it, I didn't really know what I was doing there. I had read some of his books, but I, I didn't really know what I was doing there. But the people there, every single person you talk to is just a high achiever, full of wanting to help other people without trying to sell me something. This wasn't a, hey, Andrew, I'm going to give you just a taste. Now buy my 10-week program. It was very much, hey, you're trying to get clarity. I was in your shoes. This is what I did. And so once I let my guard down a bit and really started embracing it, I started realizing these people are the real deal. And the first person I met actually at my first conference, he had said, oh yeah, I own an IT company. And I was like, oh, well, I own an IT company and we've done X million in sales. And he's like, oh yeah, I've got like 500 employees. So I know how that feels to be at your spot. And I was like, what? <laughs> Someone's just like put me right in my place, but it gave me that humility that there's tons of room to grow and I'm in the right spot. And so they introduced, do you want to be a public speaker? Do you want to be a coach? And I, I have no idea what I want to do. But after talking with people, they were like, you know, you have this experience of building a company. I'd started in my living room. It was just me. Wow. Year one, we did $36,000, just me. Year two, 1.75 million. So it was a huge jump. And I had this experience of being that solopreneur and the mental blocks that were getting in the way of growing and scaling a company. So people had explained, you know, maybe the coaching path is right for you because you have this unique experience and people could really benefit from this. And so I took it and I had been doing consulting for people just completely free. And one of the things that they do drive home is that your skill and time has a value on it. Absolutely. You should be charging people. You don't have to bend them over a barrel, but you shouldn't just be giving it away because you're doing a disservice to the client because the client doesn't have skin in the game and they will be less likely to take the suggestions and actually run with it. So all these ideas were brand new to me. And once I got to the conference and dug into the coaching track, as well as the leadership track, I realized there's a whole world of things that I had no exposure to previously. And it really opened my eyes to, there's a ton of ways you can help people. And it doesn't just have to be, hey, I know this guy, I can help this one person, but there's tons of things like podcast even. Mm -hmm. you know, this literally could reach anybody in the world with relative ease. If you have an internet connection, you have access to this. This can be providing value to somebody and I never know what it's going to look like, but as long as I'm keeping the options open, I know that somehow, some way, it's just been my experience that things happen in life. Usually when I'm doing the right thing and not looking out for number one, that things start happening in other people's lives and then things just kind of happen. 
And that's really been my experience. And it's, you know, being part of the John Maxwell teams really opened my eyes to that. And like you said, it's not, well, we are the only leadership group, but I mean, it's the only one that I've participated in and satisfied customer this far in. So for sure. Yeah. You know, and I love what the John Maxwell team is all about too. You're right. We're not the only leadership group there is out there, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that makes us unique and different. And, and uh, in fact, I should have them pay me for this whole podcast now because we're really up leveling the John Maxwell team and, and promote, but, but the John Maxwell team is, first of all, John Maxwell has been listed as the number one leadership expert in the world for, for many years. He's uh, influenced and incur- uh, uh, nations, na- national leaders. And right now, and you were there and talked with, with uh, Kali Fiorini, uh, that they're looking at transforming our own country, bringing the number one leadership expert, the number one leadership development team in the world right here. Now, the thing is, we do more than just leadership development. It's personal growth. We're teaching people how to coach, how to build a business, how to speak, how to do workshops, masterminds. Uh, there's so much there. We're involved in youth now, and that's only that's increasing even more. Our youngest, our youngest uh, member of the John Maxwell team, uh, who happens to also be with the executive director level, uh, is 11 years old. Yeah. I mean, Jake Cusack is phenomenal, which, which folks, I tell you, Jake is an awesome dude. We've really connected. Uh, I, I, I consider him like a, like a little brother, you know, or, or something. He's just a phenomenal kid. I'm going to be bringing him on the podcast soon. Uh, we were supposed to a few weeks ago, but he had gotten sick at the time, so we had to reschedule that. But Jake is a phenomenal young guy. But that's the thing that makes us different and stands out than others. Now, that being said, as John Maxwell team is doing that, okay, we know as individual business owners and leaders and, and coaches and speakers, you have to stand out above everybody else. So, so that being said, uh, Andrew, what is it about, about what you're doing with your organization uh, that makes you stand out? First of all, you have to stand out in order to go to, what was it, 1.25 mil in, in what, a year and a half or two years? What was that? Yeah, one one point seven five from seven five. Yeah, year year one was thirty six thousand. Year two was one point seven five. Wow! So you're doing something different that other people aren't doing, uh, because if you were doing like something everybody else is doing, you would still be at thirty six thousand a year, probably, right? Yeah. If you were still in business. Yeah. Well, I mean. There's, Without giving away trade secrets, okay? I mean, I'm I'm an open book. I mean, it's yeah. it's very very. It's not easy, but it's pretty simple. I had a salesman who focused on sales, and he got the sales, and then sent them to the tech who fixed the computers, and so then it was just those two pieces that were running, and then I was like, well, if one salesman makes this much money, then two salesmen would make twice as much. And that one tech could still handle it. And we kind of found the sweet spot to be three salesmen to one tech. So every time we would hire three salesmen, we would have to hire another tech. And then for every two techs, we needed to have a customer service. So it's basically just having a funnel of here are the leads, here are the salespeople, here are the techs and the fulfillment. And then you have to put management in place and you know, it wasn't an overnight thing, but I took sure. off the hat of I am Andrew, the salesman, the director of marketing, the everything. Mm-hmm. Once I took that off and learned to delegate and put systems in place, it's really not that difficult. I mean, there's there's a billion books out there. 
Uh, the big one that stood out to me was the E-Myth Revisited, but even mm -hmm. that was after I had built the company. But the idea is that you have systems and processes in place so that even if you take out the people, you can still replicate with pretty predictable results day after day after day. And that's essentially all scaling a business is. You don't really have to know a lot. You just have to nail a certain aspect down and get repeatable results over and over and over and over and then throw another person in it to replicate it. And so if you want 10 times the sales, hire 10 times the salespeople. And it's not as black and white and obvious as that, but that's, that's really all there is to it. You have more salespeople, which creates more customers, which will need more technicians, which turns into more customers that can refer friends to you or more customers that do business with you again. So the consistency starts to compound on top of each other. And, you know, the way that I'm running the business month one versus year five, completely different things. I have a different job. My job used to be fixing computers. I haven't touched a computer in years. Very, very rarely if I'm at a friend's house or something and they need something fixed real quick, I may know how to do it from when I was fixing computers, but I now wear the hat of the business owner. I'm not the worker. And once I realized that those are two different things and that most people are just working in their business mm -hmm. and not working on their business, which you hear a whole lot, but <clears throat> live it and experience it. It's sort of what, it's definitely what put me in a position to almost 50 times our sales in one year was I realized I, my cap, the absolute most, if I'm killing myself, 80 hour work weeks is maybe 100, 150 in sales. If I am maxed out and have no life, I can do that. And it's like, well, other people could do that and I make more sales and help more people and do less work, take on a ton more risk. And you know, there's a whole other school of thought to that. But yeah, that basically, just nail it and then scale it, throw another person in the mix and replicate the results. That's all there is to it. Easier okay. said than done, but that's all there is to it. Well, it's like you said earlier, you know, it's, it's, it's simple. It's just not easy, you know, and, and, and many people want it simple and easy. You know, mm -hmm. they want it simple and easy. And that's just not the way that business is. That's not the way success is designed. You know, it's always, and I know it's been overused and overused, but hey, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So what makes you stand out among the rest is, is you realize, you, first of all, you had an awareness of the simplicity of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the simplicity of the process, but understand that the process itself is not easy to, 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 to traverse through and, 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 and having that awareness and that acceptance, but also something about business leaders and especially, you know, young business leaders getting started in, in, in this industry is, is, is persistence. You know, you have persistence in it, understanding that there are going to be discouragements. There's going to be disappointments. There's going to be, you know, you're going to have people fall through the cracks. You're going to have some that are that are uh, are are a a game uh, achievers, and you've got some that are just riding on the coattails. Or like in racing, you got the one in the racing, but then you got this other person just sucking off the air of the person in front of them. They're going along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And and in business, you've got to realize if I am going to be this. Now you can draft so long, but you've got to catapult 
catapult on that. Well, it takes a team to do that. And so elevating that as, and identifying, I love the ratio, three salesmen to one tech. And then uh, I think it was two techs uh, uh, to uh, customer every customer service. service, one customer service represent. So knowing those metrics, knowing those numbers uh, is huge. And as you talk about replicating it, you know, if you have success in anything, then you can replicate that. You can expand that. You can multiply your influence. And, and so you've done that. What I love is you've identified a formula that works. And knowing that that formula works for you, uh, what are you doing in the way of helping others maybe use the same uh, formula to help them succeed, whether it's in their personal life or their professional career? Yeah, well, that's sort of what got me started with the business coaching track without me even realizing it was I had a friend who said, hey, I want to start up a remote IT company. These are my ideas, that, that, that. It's just going to be me and a couple of my friends in my garage, you know, nothing serious. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'd love to help. And then I just gave him the formula. And it, it's, it's a fun story to tell, but I know at the time I was kind of like, are you kidding me? Because in like <laughs> two months they broke a million dollars. And I was like, what is this? I had to grind, risk everything to get to this point. And this guy just copied exactly what I did and he got the success and it had never occurred to me maybe there's a way I can monetize this I mean I was happy for him for sure and also and you know don't get it wrong I wasn't getting nothing out of it because he was able to scale so fast like I said you have to get three salesmen and then a tech and then two techs and a customer service we had the whole tech department and customer service built out for them already so they were getting all the customers and sending them to our techs and customer service. So the back end was very, very scalable for them. So in my defense of, of their situation, it was a lot easier to scale because they didn't have to worry about any of the back end and fulfillment. We took care of all that because we already had it in process. But seeing that, hey, this is the process I did. You can just use this yourself and you'll be successful replicating it and we did it with three or four other companies and they all turned into six seven figure companies in a relatively short period of time so i knew that i had something in the way of there is a formula to this and if you follow it and follow it well and consistently because we love those quick fixes you know people they want to oh i want passive income okay you know, the people that are sitting with passive, it's like that, that motivational picture with the iceberg and you see the tip of the iceberg, but then all of the hard work and hours and dedication and failures, that's the real big piece of it. And all you're seeing is just the top, but there's a whole lot that goes into building a business, building passive income streams. It's not just oh, I want passive income. I clicked a button. Now I get millions of dollars. That's what the people are selling you and you give them money and they get passive income from you believing that that actually exists. But there's not many people, at least that I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, maybe you know someone who's doing something different that do nothing and had zero hard work behind what they do that are successful. I've, I've never seen someone accidentally be successful. 
It's well, with it, it, it's usually that they, they it, it, if those are the people that do absolutely nothing and they're very successful financially, it's usually because there's, they're uh, milking off a of mommy and daddy who are very successful. Right. But they, you know? they, they aren't, they are not successful. No, they have money, but I look at them as two different things. Yeah. They're riding on the coattails of somebody else who is successful. And, and you're right. And, you know, we're talking about people that are wanting to that quick fix and that successful. And we see so much. I mean, Andrew, you see it all the time. I see it all the time. Social media is just bombarding us with uh, programs that has, says, Hey, this person made a hundred thousand in a week, you know, or in a month, you know, go from, go from zero to 100,000 in, in 60 days, whatever. And we see them, boom, let me click here. Let me click here. And you'll notice, and it's called click funnels and, and click funnels is a very effective tool. I mean, I, I'm not knocking it at all uh, because we kind of use it with our program, with our online course content that we're developing. But sometimes you see them where it's like, Hey, get this. And then you click it. Oh, now you get to have this, but you thought you were getting it on the front end. No, you got to click about three or four times before you finally get something out of it. And they think they're going to get rich from it. And the truth is there is no such thing as passive income on passive activity. You know, mm -hmm. you've got to be a hundred percent intentional. You've got to be all in. And there is no such thing as like, well, I'll, I'll work on it when I feel like it. No, you work on it. If you feel like you want to be successful, if you want to be successful, if you want that quote unquote passive income, you've got to be active. You got to be proactive in that passive behavior does not equal passive income. Yeah, it never you know? does, but it that's, never that's does. the dream. And you know, get it's the easiest thing to do is to sell the dream of, Hey, there is passive income and people will buy it because they want quick fixes, you know, yeah. Big Pharma, and we won't dig into this super deep, but if you think about it, what they do with all the pills is you have a symptom, and the quick fix to pretty much every symptom, just pop a pill. You, you don't like being poor anymore? Well, where's my pill? I just want to pop a pill so that I'm a millionaire. And so that's how our society is programmed, is that if you want something, there should be a pill for it. And when people want to be successful, just in the nature of success in itself, you wouldn't be successful if a pill existed in order to get there. Now, there's smart ways to get there, which are a lot faster, but I just am not familiar with anything that just overnight instant success without some crazy degree of luck. Maybe you, and when I was like a kid, I put an air guitar on eBay for $3 and I said, this is the same air guitar that Jimi Hendrix used to play. And, and I got $3 and I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I, I came up with a, a cute idea and I was a kid yeah. and, and I did make $3 on it. And my yeah. dad said that was the moment he knew that I would be a really good salesman when he, <laughs> when I literally was selling air. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that's only gonna you know, you can only get lucky so many times. But the idea that I'm just gonna be successful without putting in any work, it's just, it's not how it works, but that's what everybody wants. And that's one of the things that I really admire about the whole John Maxwell team is that they give you the steps for success, mm -hmm. but at no point do they claim, 
once you do this, you're instant overnight success. You know, there's right. plenty of people that are doing it in their spare time, not making a whole lot from it, kind of on the fence. And I've been there, so I understand. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to be very successful in something, do it often, get better, never peak, and then find ways to automatically replicate those results to a degree of certainty. And then you can put other people in there and that's how you build a scalable business. It's not just, hey, I want a scalable business. Can I have it, please? I mean, you can purchase one, but it takes a lot of money. Where do you gain that money? Well, you could get funding, which is quick and easy, or you could do like my path and not to say one's right and one's wrong, but I bootstrapped everything. I took all of my life savings and started my first company. Mm -hmm. And it's not a right or wrong, but... I had a lot riding on whether or not it would work and it was all on me. And I think that kind of pushed me yeah. to put in the extra hours when I really didn't feel like it because I had that pain and there was no pill to figure out how our marketing was going to work. And I didn't have any leads. There, there's no pill for that. I had to figure it out. But once I figured it out and I was able to replicate it, then We've got a whole new thing that's open. So I don't even necessarily look at the failures as bad things because from them, you learn and move forward. And there's just been so many examples of that. And one of the big things that really even started all of this for me was in 2013, I was at a hockey game. This is January 25th. I was at a hockey game and I drove home blacked out drunk and all I remember is coming out of a blackout seeing the red and blue lights in my rear view mirror and just thinking to myself I don't want to get an open container charge I'm gonna chug this bottle of fireball while I'm being pulled over so I'm driving the cops trying to pull me over I'm chugging a fifth of fireball oh, gosh. Because I don't want to get an open container charge. And mind you, you don't get an open container because it's half drank or all the way drank. Yeah. It just happens because it's there. So I didn't even hide it. And I roll down the window and the cops like, have you been drinking? And I was like, just arrest me. I'm wasted. I'm wasted. <laughs> I throw up all over myself. I throw up all over my car. Yeah. I wow. blacked out the rest of the night. I didn't know where my car was and just, I was crushed. Absolutely devastated. And, but from that, the state of Maryland decided maybe the state of Maryland isn't the best spot for me. They sent me to rehab. So most people on paper, early 2013, I'm not looking too hot. I just got a DUI. I blew a 0.24. I did get an open container charge and a drinking while driving. So not just driving under the influence. So it was, yeah. it was felony DUI. It was six charges <laughs> altogether. Open container, drinking while driving, reckless endangerment, couple others. And so on paper, I was not doing so well. However, we look back at that six years later, that was the best thing that's ever happened to me, hands down, in my entire life, would not trade that experience for the world. Yeah. Because from that, 
I was introduced to a whole new world. I moved down to Florida. I got connected in a 12-step group. I've started growing spiritually, and my life completely changed for the better. And all of the obstacles that I had to go through in order to get there is why I'm at where I'm at now. But this is the result of six years, you know, and year one, my, my sobriety date's March 23rd. So in a couple of days will be year six. And I started my company March 26th of the following year. So that first year, I was working for somebody else, just learning the ropes. Then the next year I was working for myself and that was the $36,000 a year. And then year three is when things started taking off. And it's not to say, oh, just do something for three years and that's the magic number. But most people started to recognize my existence at years three and four, not seeing the you know, a few years before I was in rehab with a bunch of, you know, addicts and alcoholics and my low wasn't anywhere near as low as a lot of other people's, but just that complete defeat. But it was what I did with it that completely changed everything. Absolutely. And once I took that supposed failure and ran with it, it was just the pain that I needed to feel in order to start doing something. And if I was just doing what I had been doing, if I got home safe that night, who knows where my life would be today. But that single moment completely changed everything. And at the time, I thought it was the end of my life and I came to find out it was just the beginning. And that's been my experience over and over and over again, is that when things aren't exactly my preference, I try not to look at them so much as good and bad. It's just not my preference because do I want to be in the spot that I'm in this instant? Absolutely. And in order to be where I'm at right now, I needed to go through all those things that I went through in the past to get me here. Again, it's not my preference that that was the path. However, I've been intentional about where I want to be, who I want to be very, very deliberate. So, when my actions are in line with it, even though you can kind of look at it like, like a, a stock uh, ticker, right? So some days it goes up, some days it goes down, but as long as it's trending upward, you're doing well. And that's, that's been the story for me for the last couple of years in leadership and uh, entrepreneurship is there's the peaks and the valleys, but it ultimately is moving towards growth getting past where I think I can possibly go because my whole life I was selling myself short and so many people do that. So many people. And I, I run masterminds at my company just for development for my employees. And I know that most of the people there, it was not their life goal to end up working for me. That, that wasn't when they were a kid. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to work phone sales for Andrew. That's, you know, that, that's not the intention. It's mostly, hey, somebody I know works for Andrew, or I see this guy making this money working for Andrew. So that makes me want to do that now. But I drive home to them 
if you're not intentional about where you want to be and what you want to do, you will just take whatever is handed to you and you will say, thank you. So I know the people that work for me most of the time. It wasn't this intentional move. However, I'm trying to instill in everybody's brain that if this is the most you can possibly do, and there's opportunities in the company to grow, and I definitely have spotted out the ones who really need the push because I see the potential. Mm -hmm. But I make it very clear that if you don't like working here and you're still showing up, it's because you're living in fear. You're afraid to pursue what you actually want to do and you're settling. And I don't want to have settlers on the team, but if you show up to your job and you're producing money, it fits you know, the system that I've put in place, but I wanna see people growing. I wanna see them flourishing. If I am producing the highest you can possibly get, I don't look at myself in that high of a light. There's, there's people that work for me that make a lot of money, but I should not be your end game. Mm-hmm. And I really try to drive that home with them. You've got to be intentional about growth. You've got to be intentional about working extra, especially when you don't want to, especially if you could get away without doing it. Because that is one of the huge differences because we love staying in our comfort zone. It's just like the, uh, the rubber band example. Rubber band is only effective if it's being stretched. If it's just sitting there loose by itself, you've got, you've got string, basically. Yeah. But it's effective when it is being stretched and pulled. Yeah. And that's what we need to do as leaders is to get the people who are following to stretch, even if it's not in our best interest. Because the more salespeople I have, the more money I make, nine times out of ten. So it's not in my best interest to tell people, if you want to do more with your life, you should follow your dreams. It's not in my best interest financially, but as a leader, I want to bring that to my team, that they don't feel that they're just stuck doing phone sales. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love your style of leadership, and I see more and more of that's happening. and, and Andrew, you said a whole lot there. I tell you, there was a lot of uh, really good stuff that I know. Hey, folks, if you, if you didn't have pen and paper in hand, if you weren't taking notes, I want to encourage you to go back and, and take some notes because Andrew gave some wonderful examples, but also some awarenesses, you know, that, that it was some of the failures that helped him to get to the place he is today. And that's what, what it is with all of us. We all experience those things, those disappointments and discouragements and failures. And if we look at those and we camp out there, that's where we end up living at for the rest of our life is in our failures. But, but what he did is he took an example and he realized that he had a second chance. He had an, he had an, uh, an eye opener. Okay. Blue light, blue and red lights will open your eyes. Okay. It will wake you up. Okay. And, and he had that. Thank God for that. Because, uh, because Angel, you know, I was, uh, when you were telling that story, uh, one of my very best friends, uh, uh, and uh, years ago, and I won't tell you how many years, but it's probably when you were just maybe not even born yet. But years ago, uh, she was on her way to a concert, and uh, I was supposed to be in the car with her. And and what happened is I had something else going on. I think I was at that time I was a radio broadcaster actually, and so I had to work the station that night. 
Um, so she went on without me. Well, on her way home, uh, she was hit head on by a drunk driver. And, uh, and when I went to see her at the hospital, and we almost lost her, a dear friend of mine, she was a model, you know, she was a model. And, uh, but she looked like a sumo wrestler in the hospital bed. It had totally expanded her body. And, and it was, she looked nothing like who she did before uh, because of that head on collision. And I was supposed to be in the car that night. So, uh, you know, God had other plans. But the beauty of that is that she also, and she's one of my, um, she's one of my heroes as well. You know, we were best friends. Uh, she's now a, an amazing leader. She's a hero of mine. But she took that opportunity and used her positivity. And she says, you know what? God's not done with me yet. In fact, God is using this. You know, and I believe that God says, you know, that's not my plan. But guess what? I can work with that. I can work with that. And he did in her life to where now today, not only has she run for uh, uh, and won uh, Miss Wheelchair USA, because she is paralyzed from the waist down. Miss Wheelchair USA, she's went on to be a judge for that as well. But now she also heads up the Mothers Against Drunk Driving for the state of Tennessee. So God used that and placed her in a place. She didn't look at it as a failure. She said, this is part of the process of my life. And now my next chapter is. And that's what you did. You said, now my next chapter is. I have an awareness here. And, and I think that's where all of us need to realize that while we will experience those personal uh, disappointments and letdowns, while we will attempt to achieve a success in a, in, a, in a certain area of life, whether it's in life, love, or leadership, you know, building a business or building a relationship, understand that that failure is a setup for success. It's not a setback unless that's the direction you choose to look at it. And Andrew, you chose to take what, what was uh, uh, potentially a life ending situation. And I mean, life ending, not just as far as uh, mortality, but I'm talking about your quality of life Yeah. and you, and you turn that around into a positive. Now, now, this leads us into, this is a great segue because you talked about what you had done and you drank that bottle down and, and man, I've been there. I've been there. And, and to think about those days, I don't drink anymore like that. You know, I have a, a glass of wine once in a while, but I was that guy. I would down it, you know, and uh, to think about those days now, man, it makes my stomach kind of turn because we know mm -hmm. the effects, but, but what you've done now, listen, we talked about your business and how you've gone from 36,000 to 1.75 million and how you continue to expand and grow and how you've influenced another uh, person to really grow and even uh, surpass that uh, uh, by all measures. But you also took that life experience and you created a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so getting back to being in our comfort zone and having people stretch us, I had recently started working, actually not even recently, I have been working with business coaches for the past couple of years. And someone that I was recently introduced to though, he was telling me, Andrew, if you're going to do a lot more with business coaching and have a lot more success, there's a million people out there doing that. So you need to establish yourself as an authority and not everybody is going to get to listen to you tell your story of I got the DUI and then I started my company and then I started scaling it. You only have a couple seconds to capture their attention. So you're going to start a podcast 
and you're going to interview business leaders and that's going to give you a leg up on everybody else trying to do what you're trying to do because in their eyes, they will see you as an authority. And I thought, well, that's a great idea. And I got together with a producer and we figured some things out. And I'm the kind of guy, and most people hate their voice. I hate my voice, but it was whatever. I'm going to do it because that's what the universe has put in my path. Now, when I was trying to figure out the format of it, I'm a big fan of the Joe Rogan experience, the Tim Ferriss show. So I wanted to do something where there's an interview, but at the same time, I realized there is so much competition and so much saturation in that field already. And it's not like I'm sitting here, I'm going to be the next Tim Ferriss. Like that's not, that's not what my goal is with it, but I wanted to do something that was more geared towards me and my personal story. And so it's called self-made and sober. And in it, I take not only entrepreneurs and interview them, but they're also people who have struggled with addiction in the past and are in long-term sobriety. And so I'm bringing together that experience that is fairly unique and fairly niched of, hey, you're a drug addict or alcoholic that's ruined your life and you started and you run a successful business. So there's two layers of filtering and I love that I can give back, especially to the community that gave me everything that I have. And it's really both of them, the entrepreneur community and the recovery community, but more so that just because that's what introduced me to God. That's what introduced me to service to other people and stop focusing so much on what I can get from every situation but changing the mindset to what I can bring to the situation, how I can help someone else, regardless of what I think the results are going to be. It doesn't matter how I think something's going to go because nothing ever goes how I think it's supposed to go. And I never thought I could achieve any of the things that I've achieved in my life. And I know nobody peaks at the sixth year of doing something if they continue doing it over and over and over, but you know, complacency can set in. And if I don't have people holding me accountable and forcing me to go to the next level, I can just coast. And I know that for me to coast is to die and I don't want to go back there. And that's so much of what I do in business coaching also is I'll be working with entrepreneurs we're making 10, 20, 50 grand per month. So for them, they're just the kind of people that are like me, that it's not about making money. It's about growing. And those are the people that I really try to work with because I can't tell a handyman how to be a better handyman. I can, however, push him to do his best when he doesn't feel like it. And that's what my role is. I can help come up with ideas and you know, I just use the handyman as an example because he's one sure. of my longest customers, but he's before we even started working together as a coach and coachee, he was just a friend. He's my handyman. And he was saying, Hey, I'm doing this, this and that. And I'm like, Oh my God, man, do this, this, that, and that. Trust me. You'll thank me. He's like, Hey, I'm making all this extra money. Thank you. And I was like, I know. He's like, what else can I do? I was like, I'll do this, this, that, that, that. And I don't do this. I made this mistake. Don't ever do this. He's like, oh, I was thinking about that. I was like, yeah, you didn't think about this, this, that, that, and that. So 
that's how it played out for me. However, I took this failure and learned from it. And it's been a great relationship. And I, he, he just texted me earlier. We tried a new uh, email marketing campaign, which email marketing is one of my hugest avenues. And he texted me this morning at like 9.30. He's like, I got five phone calls already today. Thank you so much. But he, he knew that email marketing existed. And this is what I'm getting back to. He knew nothing about it, how to do it. I didn't do it for him. But he said, this was my experience with it. You should probably try something. I'm not going to, you know, you have to learn how to run your own business. I'm not going to do it for you. You can pay somebody else to do it if you just want short and quick, but this was my experience. And so he's making more money as a result, which is awesome. And he's referring me clients, which is awesome. And I'm helping more people and coming back to the podcast, you know, I knew that podcasts existed. It's, it's not this brand new thing that I have to explain to people what they are, but when right. people just hear, oh, you have a <laughs> podcast about recovery and about uh, entrepreneurship, you must be the authority in recovery and entrepreneurship. <laughs> so, I mean, because I sit there on the computer with a, with a microphone and a webcam, I guess if that's what makes me the authority, people, people just want the, the confirmation bias. Well, if, if he's if he's on TV doing it, he must know his stuff. So, right. yep, yeah, hire me. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I had a chance to listen to a couple of your podcasts too uh, before our interview, and uh, and there were some great stories. I mean, some really great stories. And I do love what you're doing, though. You know, because you know, it's easy. Here's the thing: if we put ourselves out there, I've heard it said one time: if you know one percent more than anybody else in the room, you are the expert. Well, I also believe, like Grant Cardone says, right? Grant Cardone says that, you know, if, if you're not seen, he doesn't know you. You're not known if you're not seen. And once you're seen, then you become the expert. Because if you're doing something other people aren't doing, uh, you can be the expert. Now, the beauty about podcasting is just like coaching. You don't have to be the expert. You just, you ask questions, you have conversation. And I, and I love podcasts more that are more conversational you know, where they can share their ideas or thoughts, their philosophies. I love podcasts where they can, they can even have some uh, differences of opinion. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ed Milet, and Ed Milet is big fans of, of Grant Cardone. And these two are all about success and, the, and the, very much about personal growth. Grant's more about the financial success. I mean, he's all about the money, right? And, mm -hmm. he's, and he believes you can't be happy unless you're rich, right? I mean, that's kind of his mindset. Ed Milet it gives him description and explanation that you can be very happy being very poor. You don't have to rely on money. So it's a based upon your personal state, your personal being. And so to see these two guys who do conferences together in an interview where they actually conflicted with each other, I love that because that's honest, open dialogue. And I do believe the truth is that unity can be found greater in the diversity of our minds and the diversity that. of our opinions and, and philosophies. That's where we grow. And, and so when you do a podcast and you're listening to others' experiences, what I know is that, is that when you share your experience, there are a lot of people out there saying, me too. Yeah. And that's and, sort of the, the thing that I was trying to achieve with that because 
when I first got into 12 step recovery and I saw that there were other people in their twenties that were into the same things that I was into and just weren't drinking anymore. It, it didn't really make sense to me because you know, they painted in on TV and stuff while the people sitting around in a circle and Hey, I'm Andrew. I've got a problem. They're like, hi, Andrew, you know, but that's, that's not really what it's like and what my experience was. So it was, it was relieving to see that there were other people that were in the hole that I am currently in and that they were out of it and were willing to show me, this is how I got out of that grip because I didn't think that there would be any fun in my life without drinking and doing drugs. I just genuinely did not think that that was possible. And you look at my life now versus when it was going well, and it's still a million times better. And I came to realize that that was just the symptom. My problem was me, and I drank to mask me. And once I got confident, and once I started tasting the little victories without being drunk, it, it changed everything. And I hate, I know six years ago <laughs> would say, you're full of crap, your life sucks, there's no way that you're actually happy and sober. And that whole podcast, it's a sham, you're not actually what you say you are. And it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. I fully embrace the struggle that I had to go through. I fully embrace helping other people, abundance mentality, spirituality, all these things that I thought were stupid. I thought life is you show up to a job, you kiss your boss's ass, that's how you get ahead in life. Because that was my experience. Right. Until I experienced entrepreneurship, running my own company, getting sober, all these things I had never experienced before, I just shrugged off as that's not real. Today, I'm willing to try them and I'm willing to be wrong because if you have a closed mind, nothing will ever change. Mm -hmm. So I welcome when people have conflicting ideas with, uh, I won't say I welcome it. I don't fight it though. If someone has a conflicting opinion and they have something that is substantial, you know, someone could say the John Maxwell team is terrible for your life. And here's 30 examples of people that, did something terrible as a result of it. That factor figure, it could exist. You could change my mind on it. And I'm open to that being a truth. However, it's not my truth. And I'm not, I'm not in the position anymore to just say, well, I don't agree with that. And therefore it is not a fact, but experiencing it completely changes everything. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we can be easily influenced to buy into anybody's belief about anything. Uh, And the truth is you've got to try it out yourself. You've got to experience it for yourself. You know, that's where, like you say, your truth, your truth is your truth because of your personal experience with it, not because you're barring the experience of somebody else, you know, and, and I think too many of us, sometimes we fall into that trap, you know, well, Hey, it worked for that person. So maybe it'll work for me. Uh, but sometimes we believe, oh, it worked for that person, so there's no way it could work for me. We're basing yeah. the influence of somebody else's success or failure to determine whether what our potential is, and, and it's and it's uh, it's a travesty to 
to have that kind of belief system. You know, I've learned that to go into things with a, an open mind, and I appreciate that about you because you you realize that I've had to approach things with an open mind. I'll listen to what other people say, and I think it's important that we listen to uh, uh, opposing uh, thoughts and ideas. I may not agree with them, but when I go into it where I'm not defensive, okay, but I want to learn more from them because everybody has a belief system because that's what they know and understand. Well, as connectors, as, as you and I, Andrew, and part of this, this global influencer, influential organization that we're involved with, because you may be uh, impacting people in, in West Palm Beach, and I may be impacting people in Missouri, but the truth is with today's technology and our resources, we have the uh, ability to impact lives around the world in this very moment. In fact, in this very moment, as people are listening to this, they may be impacted and they're in Thailand. They could be in Bangladesh. They could be in Mexico City. We don't know where they are, but we know that the message is getting out there. And so our personal life experiences uh, matter in order for us to make a, a, an educated decision. How is this applied to my life? You know, when somebody tells me, don't go to eat at that restaurant because they've got lousy food. I say, okay. I say, okay. I will go to that restaurant and try their food just to see if it was truly lousy for me for you know overall or maybe they just had a bad meal sometimes that happens you mm -hmm. know what one finds uh, a path to success and we see this in all things you know and we were kind of talking about that earlier people are following a pathway of somebody else's success stories and testimonials when the truth is like with the john maxwell team we talked about you know they'll give you the material they'll give you the resources they they show you the process, but the results are up to you. And it's the same in coaching. You know that as a coach, and I know as a coach. We can show you the process. We can take off our coaching hat and put on our mentoring hat and tell you, this is what worked for me. Okay? And, and mentoring, that's, the, that's, the, that's like the safety parachute, if you will. You've got your main parachute as a coach. You're a coach. But sometimes you got to pull the reserve. So, okay, you're not getting it. It's not working for you. I know what's going to help you. Try this because it worked for me. That's mentorship. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it does take that open mind and be able to understand them where they are. Because what I discovered, Andrew, is when I can open up my mind to listen to what other people's opinions are, what, why they think the way they think, then it actually helps me form a better, more educated, um, uh, total overall belief about what I believe. And that could be in faith, that could be in politics, that can be in business, uh, it could be in the restaurants, okay? All those things like that. So I appreciate that you have that ability to do that as well, because that's, that's what makes a good leader, the ability to listen and to take everybody's perspective before coming up with your own summation of, of, a, to of a total fact, if you will. And fact in itself is, of course, relative to your uh, state. Um, so we have been on for about an hour. I'd like to get into more about uh, how uh, uh, some of the best advice that you've received to help you in your journey of success, whether it's uh, in your family, in your relationships, in your business. What is the best advice that you've received that you can recall now, this could be by a mentor that was directly impacted with you, like with the mem member of the John Maxwell team. They can probably gave you some advice. 
Um, or it could be indirectly. You know, mentorship really comes from not just people one-on-one, face-to-face, but I, I look at John as a mentor. Of course, we get mentored by John. I look at Les Brown, yet I have not met, but I am going to one day very soon probably because I've got some opportunities opening up. Um, uh-huh. But there are people that we have read and we've studied and, and, and you know, Ed Milet. I talk about Ed Milet. I'm a big fan and follower of Ed Milet. Tim Ferriss. These are people I've never met, but their wisdom has mentored me in such a way and give me some great advice. So with you, what was uh, one of the things that you can think of was the best advice that you've ever received to help you uh, on your journey? That's an incredible question. And I would say overall, there's two things that really, really stand out. And one, and you know, this is one of those, you stretch the rubber band, do things that you don't want to do because it's for the greater good. When I had first started my company and it was just me on my laptop, my buddy Joe, every time he called me, Joe wanted something. And I was receiving a phone call from Joe. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to answer it because he just wants something. But the right thing to do is to answer it. Or maybe it's because I was a pushover, however you want to look at it. We'll we'll frame (laughs) it in the leadership. uh, (laughs) You're a nice guy. Yeah. So I'm such a graceful, graceful person. But so he says, hey, I need to um, hang pictures at this lady Chris's house. Okay, sure. We go to Chris's house. She sees me working on the computer. I explain, yeah, I fix computers. She says, oh, my computer's terrible, blah, blah, blah. I go fix it. And I was like, hey, you know, the person didn't do this. They didn't do that. And she was like, oh, my God, this is so great. What's your break-even point? And I was like, I'm, this isn't that kind of business, Chris. It's not. We don't have things like that. And she's like, no, you own a business. You need to know your numbers. And she broke it down for me listing out every expense, how that breaks into your daily, weekly, monthly, your bi-weekly, quarterly, yearly, every expense, how it plays out, how much money I need to be making in order to make the kind of money that I want to make. I need to know how much that is because so many people, the answer is always more. I need to make more money to make the amount that I want to make. And more is a relative number. Give them a dollar, boom, success. Exactly. So because more is a relative number, you'll never be able to achieve it because once you hit that number that you actually used to have as your number for success, once you hit that, now what? Well, my answer is more. My situation is different now because I have that thing that I thought that I needed. So if you don't have clarity on what you actually want to have, and that kind of ties into the other piece of advice, you need to know where you are in order to start and you need to know where you're actually going in order to have direction because you could be flying down the highway going 120 miles an hour making great time but be going in the completely wrong direction and you wouldn't even know you just know i have to get there faster without realizing that you're just going in the completely wrong direction and burning up all this extra energy and unless you can tell someone my goal is this and I intend on achieving it by doing this and here are the numbers and facts behind it. You're not going to be able to achieve success because you haven't defined what it is that you even want to begin with. So having a very clear definition on 
you know, numbers are black and white, easy, very analytical, but your goals, my goal was to start a family. So I was very deliberate in getting a wife who also has that as one of her goals and then starting a family. We had dogs and cats beforehand and we learned how to nurture living things to make sure that we were ready <laughs> to take on the next chapter of our life, which has been such a beautiful thing. But if I wasn't deliberate about that, I would just be living my life with, well, I guess I'm going to do this. I guess I'm going to do that. And the thing that I'm realizing with having a child is there's so many times where it's so stressful, the waking up all the time and feeding and just, you know, and this is just month one stuff, but we don't get the ability to just quit. That's not an option. So we have to continue doing it. And with entrepreneurship and leadership, when it gets really inconvenient, we can just quit and go work for somebody else. That's always there for us. So with raising children, it's very difficult, but there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, you could give them up for adoption or, you know, other crazy, like not saying adoption's crazy, but you know, like right. the insane things that people have done because they couldn't Another. handle having children. And, you know, but most people, they're in that situation and they keep going because they have to. They keep going because failure is not an option. They continue waking up at all hours of the night and feeding it because if they do not, the child will die. And when you have that fire behind you, you'll continue doing the things that make you uncomfortable even when you don't feel like it. And even if you slack and miss something, you don't continue to slack and miss it because there's so much heat on you. But we live in the society where we just want the magic pill. And the magic pill doesn't exist if you want to be successful and achieve big things. Because once the pill exists, then everyone will take the pill and then you're just average. Yep. You know, even Alice in Wonderland, every time she drank from the magic bottle, it got her in trouble. So it's the same thing here. And, exactly. you know, um, and, and, you know, the relative of, of the things you've got to do as a new parent, you know, you've got to put in the hours. You've got to be there. If, if you've got to feed that baby. You've got to nurse that baby. You've got to change that baby. When things get dirty, you've got to make it clean again. Uh, you've got to sacrifice a lot of yourself and your time and, 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 and even some of the, the things you wanted to do. Some of the things like, you know, there's no more just hanging out and playing video, video games or, or going fishing or anything at this point. Why? Because just like a child, an organization and your people, this is your baby. And it's the same thing. So what you do in one area actually applies in other areas. And you talk about, you know, as a leader or if you own your own business or something like that, you can quit. You can just leave and go ahead. But the truth is, if you do that, you're going to leave and quit the next one. Yeah. If, if it gets too tough for you and you say this is too tough, rather than look for solutions, we see the problem, say I can, I can do better than this or whatever. And that's fine if you actually are leaving to do better rather than just find better. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. And the so, amount of money that you get paid is in direct proportion to the complexity of the problems that you can uniquely solve. Mm -hmm. so the you, value you bring. Yeah, you look at the cashier at McDonald's, they're gonna have robots doing that job. So minimum wage, you can't go on strike and say, my job is so complicated because I had to learn the menu. You know, it's, it's a relatively low level job. You're not, you're not solving a whole lot of problems. 
-hmm. And now this is just from my own experience. And I'm not saying that I'm this, you know, here's the highest level, but just some of the problems that I have to solve are how do I provide a ongoing lead source for dozens of employees in order to have a continued cash flow? And how do we create the marketing so that the CPA is below a certain level so that everything can remain profitable and still in line with our profit and loss statement? You know, those, those problems, they're, they're not exactly eye to eye. And as a result, the pay should be more because that problem is not something that you can just pop open a book, but you've got to think and thinking sucks and thinking can get very expensive if you don't think correctly. So obviously I'm a big fan of capitalism and that's just, I feel that if you put in the extra effort, everybody should be striving to do more and not getting into politics. But if you just look at, Unemployment, for instance, mm-hmm. you are paying people to not have a job. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I agree with you there, and you're right. <clears throat> we don't want to get too deep in politics. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to touch politics, but just the idea that yeah, you're rewarding inaction, which is what our society right really goes towards. But you're never going to get the level of fame and success by just accepting hand meows. Yeah, is what absolutely. I was shooting for. Yeah, you know, this morning I do a, a, a weekly uh, program every morning called Let's Rock This Day. And this morning I happened to be talking about self-discipline. And in there we was talking about, you know, I talked about, you know, if you reward goof-offs, if you reward turkeys, the same as you reward the eagles, eventually all you're going to be left with are turkeys. Turkeys won't leave. The eagles will. Eagles will. And, and we do have a system, unfortunately, that rewards turkeys the same as we reward Turk, uh, eagles and, and in government and in, in, in communities and things like this. And it's an enabling. You know, we, we say there's programs here that you can go to, but let's face it, we have lazy people too. And lazy mm-hmm. people, if you, you will feed them, if you will house them, and if you will give them a check every month to sit at home, you think they're going to go to these other resources that says, hey, you can actually make a living and make a life? You know, and, and, and it's sad. And, and you're right. I don't want to get in politics either, but that is definitely a hot button. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. because look at you and me, man. We're working. We're busting our tails. We're, we're creating something that's going to help people have a better life financially uh, and, and find purpose and, and significance in their life. Uh, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, if a person's not invested in their future, as much as I'm investing my time into their future, then that's not a person I want to work with. You know, yeah. they've got to have skin in the game. Christian Simpson, actually, I, it was during someone else's keynote and I went to the bathroom and then I ran into him, the head of the coaching section of John Maxwell. Yeah, Christian Simpson, yeah. Yeah, and I was, and I was telling him that exact issue is that I run into people, they start off and they get really, really, really excited and they're putting in all this work and then they just disappear. And he was like, make them, make them do a six month commitment. He's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's how you do it. And the people that are not willing to commit six months, they aren't the right people anyway. Mm-hmm. So we, we came up with the solution. And since he did that, it's crazy that I'm now, I have clients and this is just in the last two weeks 
people that are coming to me and I'm telling them this is the plan because it used to be per hour and now it's <laughs> six months. So it's a bit more commitment than one hour used to be, but it's filtering out the people that aren't committed to it and not willing to see. And I'm not saying, Oh, that person, they would have been a terrible fit, but they're not in the spot where they want to invest that kind of money or that kind of time right. in personal growth. But I mean, I can give you an email template and I can say, copy, paste this, change some words. You'll make money. Quick bandaid fix. Here's your pill. But yeah. when my solution is you need to diet and exercise and then you won't need that pill to begin with. Well, I don't like that. I, I would rather take a pill because mm. I can keep living my lazy life with a pill, but the consistency doing the things that you don't want to do over and over and over and over will help you get the results. And then once your baseline stops being lazy, you know, I look at my baby son, he's pretty lazy. All he does is just sleep <laughs> and cry. And we're, we're very enabling. We feed him all the time. We change his diaper. He's got no pain points to try to grow. Now he's one month old, so I'll let it slide. But I think of it, you know, if, if that never changed, which obviously is, is ridiculous, but if that never yeah. changed, that's what would be his motivation to grow if right. everybody did that. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm big in pushing yourself. And I believe that even if you don't get the immediate rewards, the more consistently you do something that gets you out of your comfort zone, that is the right thing, regardless of the short term, you know, I'm, I'm like the only kid I know. I, I started a Roth IRA when I was 18 years old. Nobody wow. is doing that at 18. I ran into someone yesterday that started at 23 and I was blown away. But most people are not willing to put in early and then see the results when they grow up or when they continue to do the same thing over and over. That's going to get the results that everybody wants, but you got to go back years to get started and consistently do these things. And I think that's yeah. the big, the big takeaway from all this is that you can be hot for a day, a week, a month, a couple months, but if you take your foot off the gas, you're going to eventually stop. You can coast for a bit, depending on how, far you got and how fast you were going, but eventually it'll come to a stop. Mm -hmm. And I heard the other day someone say, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it burned overnight. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. So true. Yeah. You can take your foot off the gas, but you better stick it back on there. You know, you, and you're right. Sometimes we do need to, we can go, go, go. Sometimes though we do need to back up just a little bit, but never stop never stop. You got to get something going. You got to stay momentum. You know, it's much easier to keep momentum than it is to get to, to start momentum, you know, big Mo. 20 yeah, years love, laws of love, that's right. The law of the big Mo. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So, so tell me what's in, what's in the future. What's in the future for Andrew? Man, I, I never know these days. My, my future is something will be put in front of me that will make me uncomfortable that I will try to take on and we'll see where it goes. I mean, the podcast is still in its infancy stage. We've done about seven episodes, I think. Mm -hmm. So there's directions we could be going with that, but I'm very intentional on having my IT company continuing to grow. I have no idea how 
I'm going to be able to have like a publicly traded company or something gigantic like that, but it's not out of the cards because I'm willing to get uncomfortable. I'm willing to invest the time and money to learn to do something that I've never done before. And it's not even that, that it's necessarily a goal. It's just the next step if it were to go in that direction but just being open to the universe and allowing things to unfold how they need to unfold. And with the coaching, I'm actually hiring other coaches to work because my brain is just built to scale and I have all these customers and I needed a downsell ability. And I was like, well, I could work with another coach and that coach could coach the people that aren't getting the six month commitment, but they're still the people that could really use it but just can't genuinely commit that much time, that much money. They're a little afraid. They want to dip their foot in the water. That's fine. That's not the kind of client that I'm particularly looking for, but we've got an option available to them as well. And I'm building up other coaches to be able to take on that. And I'm just giving it to them. There's no huge gain in it for me. Hopefully, you know, they'll get a taste for it and then want to, to graduate to working with me one-on-one, but if not, I'm still providing opportunities, growing that, scaling that, getting more opportunities for people, continuing to just help others because I don't believe that I deserve the life that I have, but I will continue doing the process that I have been doing in order to keep it and continue growing it. There you go. You know, a friend of mine, a dear uh, friend of mine, he's uh, one of my mentors, actually, and he uh, uh, came on with the John Maxwell team uh, several years ago, uh, but he has become a mentor of mine. His name is Jeru, and uh, uh, one thing he told me one day, um, and I was having some self-doubts, and how could I honor him with all the things that he's really invested in my life, and, and I love this saying, I love this, and I've started sharing this with other people. Um, is that, you know, the best way to honor, uh, honor your family is to do the work. The best way to honor your friends and your mentors is to do the work. And the best way to honor God was to become, was to become, become all that he's designed for you to be. Do the work and become everything he's created you to be. And and adding value to the lives of other people, that's part of the process of what our design is. It's not for our own self-gratification, but for to help other people in their need, in their gaps, and fill those gaps. And uh and and that's what you're doing with your programs. Uh and, and I see a future for you that where really your business is going to grow, it's going to expand. Uh, you may even open up a few more offices uh, and have leaders in those, uh, those particular offices as well, creating the sales team and the tech teams and the customer service teams there and in different other communities, maybe in different states. Um, and, uh, and, and I see your podcast growing into something more where it could be even more of, a, of another program. Uh, when you're adding value, that is actually going to be a tool that could be used for 12-step programs. That somebody within those programs could say, hey, you got to listen to this podcast. Or, hey, guess what? Part of your requirement is to listen to this podcast. You know, everybody goes through those programs to overcome those, whether it's drug addiction, alcoholism, um, um, uh there's dependencies. There's, there's uh, a billion. I think there's, there's like 200 different 12 step groups. 
Yeah, and and a lot of them are basically gambling. Yeah, all those insecurities, you know, all these things that help people overcome hurts, habits, and hangups, which is kind of the mantra for one program called Celebrate Recovery that I've heard of. You know, it's all to help them become better versions of themselves, but then not to go on the journey alone. But once you reach success, you want to bring people with you. You know, that's what John's all about. That's what we're all about. Bring people with you that need what you have to offer. And Andrew, I can say this with absolute certainty and and uh, uh, with no question whatsoever. What you're bringing to the marketplace, what you're bringing to the commerce, what you're bringing to the business world, but more importantly, what you're bringing to individual beings, individual souls, is is needed. It's very much needed. Uh, and helping men and women um, overcome those self-limited beliefs and overcome what they've gone through in the past to develop a greater and brighter future. That's truly going to add value to influence others to success. So I appreciate you uh, very much for what you're doing there. So, so tell us about a program. If you have a program other than the podcast, which I'm going to post in our notes, um, but any other programs you've got going on that, that you'd like to get pushed out there right now uh, and uh, with the links. And then also uh, how does, how do people get a hold of you if they want to know more about your business, uh, about the podcast and, and, and so forth? Uh, so for the remote IT company, fixing computers and such is uh, www.rushtechsupport.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a web design division, which is www.rushtechdesigns.com. Uh, my business coaching, it's lasissecoaching.com. That's L-A-S-S-I-S-E coaching.com. I work with small business owners and with families. We didn't touch a ton on I also oh, do yeah. financial coaching, which is helping people get a hold of of their finances, getting out of debt, things of that nature, how to plan for the future. And that was a big part of the John Maxwell team. Um, but yeah, and if you know people are looking to get in touch with me, the contact forms on any of those, if it's directed towards development, it'll it'll eventually get to my mailbox for sure. So I just I really wanted to thank you, Jay. It's great what you're putting out there. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share my message as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know everybody's going to be blessed by your message and what you're doing. So thank you. Uh, I truly am honored that you would agree to be a part of this podcast and to get your message out there so that we together can compound our influence and add value to others and make this a bit, a little bit better world than, uh, than we came into it. So uh, for, so for the last thing, um, what is it? Is there anything else you would like to uh, share? You mentioned the financial counseling or coaching, and that's awesome. Anything else last minute that you'd like to leave us with? No, just, you know, listening to podcasts is a great thing, but if you're not putting consistent action behind it, mm-hmm. you know, that's average people are not consistent. And if right you on. do not want to be average, You have to do things that average people are not willing to do, put in the time and effort, continue to do it over and over, and opportunities start happening when people start noticing that you're consistently in the same spot, doing the same thing over and over, achieving better and better results every single time. So the consistency compounds, and that's huge. Absolutely. Without consistency, we fall into complacency, and that becomes the new standard. 
Right. That's the truth. Right on, man. Right on. Well, Andrew, thank you so very much, guys. Hey, hey, listen, guys, subscribe to Andrew. You're going to see the uh, website. You're going to see the podcast and everything in the talk notes. And uh, so subscribe to him, follow Andrew, and get connected with him. And I can promise you this. If you get connected with Andrew, you connect with somebody that's going to help you become the very best version of who you are and get you on the pathway to success. So, Andrew, thank you so very much. Give that baby some love for me, you know. And, <laughs> well, uh, of course, don't give him a kiss where John did, because I know you didn't watch that spot at all. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's crazy infected now. <laughs> <laughs> well, give him love. Love to your wife. And uh, we can't wait to connect with you guys again in the future. And, and brother, I tell you what, anytime you want to come on and, and be a part of what I'm doing, man, just reach out to me, man. I, I'd love to uh, include you in the in the, the, the names of the people that uh, is also adding value to my circle as well. So thank you so much, man. Awesome. Blessed to be a part of it. Thanks, Jack. Uh, right on, brother. Well, God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you took copious notes from this episode and thought, as a leader, how do I apply what I've learned today? How and what do I need to change to be a better influencer? And finally, who and how do I teach this to others? And if you enjoyed today's podcast, I ask that you subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Share this with your friends on social media and leave us a comment to let us know what you learned, how you're doing on your own leadership journey, and what and who you would like to hear on future episodes. Oh, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at I Am Today's Leader 2.0 and give us a rating on each of your favorite podcast formats so that we can go up in our subscribers and increase our influence and our reach. If you're a leader and would like to get your message to others in the Today's Leader community, then email us at todaysleader.net at gmail.com. Until we meet again, my friends, be blessed and lead well.